You are listening to the Midweek Redemption Podcast, a resource from Redemption City Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information about our church, please visit our website at redemptiongr.org. Welcome, Redemption City family, to the Midweek Redemption Podcast. Drew Penfield here, filling in for Pastor Josh this week. Josh is now on paternity leave, and if you're unfamiliar with childbearing, those are just a couple of fancy words for a vacation. But in all seriousness, we're really excited for Josh and Camille who recently welcomed baby Isla into their family. And last I heard, everyone in the four household is doing well. We've now entered the season of Lent, the 40-day period, excluding Sundays, that culminates in Easter Sunday. Similar to Advent, which leads up to Christmas Day, Lent is a time of preparation. Lent encourages us through spiritual disciplines to open our hearts wider to God himself so that when Easter Sunday comes around, it's not just another date on the Christian calendar marked by a nice meal or some new dress clothes for your kids. However, Lent differs from Advent in the posture that our hearts take. Rather than joyfully anticipating the coming of Christ, Lent prompts more of a solemn observance of our sinful nature. But hear me out, the purpose of Lent is not to drive us so deeply inward that we're left despairing over our sin and rebellion against God. Ultimately, Lent beckons us toward the hope that the resurrection offers. Because of Jesus, everything is being and will be made right again. Historically within the church, abstinence has been one of the heart exercises commonly associated with Lent. Today, this comes in many forms, like intermittent fasting from food or taking a social media hiatus. It's the abstaining from things that we regularly consume or engage with that helps make room in our minds and hearts for recalling Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. You may have tuned into the podcast a few weeks ago where Josh provided a brief meditation on the discipline of simplicity. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, do it. It's a great challenge for all of us to consider. In that episode, Josh gave us a working definition for the discipline of simplicity, which bears repeating. Simplicity is limiting the number of our words possessions, expenses, activities, and luxuries to a level where we are free to live joyfully in the kingdom of Jesus. Therefore, the discipline of simplicity, our limiting, can be likened to a form of abstinence, even a form of fasting. These practices, though nuanced, are certainly in the same vein. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, 
fasting really should be made to include abstinence from anything that is legitimate in and of itself for the sake of some special spiritual purpose. Maybe the discipline of simplicity and all that it can entail is something that our church family could pursue in this Lenten season, not purely for the sake of decluttering our lives or strengthening our resolve, but so that we can have the energy and bandwidth to receive God's grace more fully in our everyday circumstances. Practically speaking, the discipline of simplicity in my own life often relates to the clothing that I buy or don't buy. Clothing is something that we need every day, and there's an overabundance of it. Our favorite brands continue to churn out multiple new product lines each season, and we as consumers can easily fall victim to the ad campaigns rationalizing our need for just one more jacket or one more pair of shoes, which get added to our already bulging closet. But how often do you and I give consideration to the complications that our clothing purchases create? First comes the issue of justice. As believers in Jesus, we move to reverse systems of oppression and violence and to actively work against the injustice that is both in our city and beyond it. God is just. He cares about justice, so we should too. But it's no secret that the empire of the fashion industry, which employs over 60 million people globally, has been built upon the systemic exploitation of its laborers. The Global Slavery Index estimates that out of those 60 million people, over 40 million of them are living in modern-day slavery and a majority of those people are contributing to the supply chains of Western clothing brands. Let me reiterate that. Out of the 60 million people on this planet who are employed by the fashion industry, 40 million of them are slaves. Is it really sensible for us to buy a $20 pair of jeans and expect every set of hands that were involved in the process to have been paid fairly? from the cotton that was grown by the farmers, to the fabric mill, to the cutting table, to the sewing machine. And remember that the brand or corporation that slaps a label on the finished product is still maintaining a pretty wide profit margin for each pair of pants that they sell. For these major corporations, it's about exporting their production to developing countries in order to ramp up production and minimize cost all at the expense of people who God cares about deeply. Second comes the issue of environmental stewardship. According to a 2019 essay from Business Insider, people bought an average of 60% more garments in 2014 than they did in 2000. But those clothes were kept about half as long. Each year, 85% of textiles end up in landfills, according to the World Resources Institute. And it's estimated that one garbage truck full of clothing is burned or dumped in a landfill every second. The fashion industry is collectively responsible for 10% of humanity's carbon emissions. And researchers estimate that this share could jump to 26% by the year 2050 
if the fashion sector continues on its current trajectory. Corporations are producing clothing in step with our compulsory drive to have a diverse and curated wardrobe. All of this is simply not sustainable for the planet that God has made to proclaim his glory and for his creation to inhabit. This is heavy stuff. I'm certainly not trying to be a downer here, but our spending habits and purchasing decisions in relation to clothing are due for some examination. It's even more daunting to think that the issues of justice and environmental stewardship extend beyond the clothing industry into other categories of products that you and I rely on every day. Realistically, none of us have enough time or money to ensure that all of the goods we buy are ethically and sustainably sourced, as wonderful as that would be. I'm not calling for us to trace materials and products back to their source at a molecular level, but committing to make ethically-based purchasing decisions is one small area of our lives, is a way that we can worship God, care for his creation, and defend the oppressed. So what can we do? There are three ways in which the discipline of simplicity can help us. First, buy more of your clothing used. None of us, myself included, require the latest seasonal release or to buy into the newest clothing trend. We don't need to impress anyone. There are some links in the description to a few sites that have been helpful to me in finding gently used garments and footwear, if you have an idea of what you're looking for. The resale market is a good way for us to reduce demand for new products and slow the fashion industry's manufacturing output. Secondly, do a little research in order to find brands that are rejecting the ideals of fast fashion and are transparent about their material sourcing. Their products are invariably going to cost more, but the quality of the materials and construction is astronomically better in most cases. Buy one shirt or dress that's made well rather than three that are not. There are even a few reputable clothing companies based here in West Michigan that would highly appreciate your business. And in buying from them, you'd be throwing the one-two punch of supporting a local business and buying a product that is ethically sourced and manufactured. Third, we can commit to buying less stuff and wearing what we have until we can't wear it anymore. If you've visited Freshly Squeezed Print Shop, you've probably seen the poster that Matt and Gracie have pinned up of the old adage which reads, Use it up, wear it out, make do or do without. I definitely have not mastered this quite yet. I still feel the pull to have more color or style variations in my closet rather than being content with what God has provided for me. If a global pandemic has taught me anything, it's that my coworkers could not care less if I wear the same shirt every day. But I also want to stress that the minimalist lifestyle is not the road to happiness or fulfillment like the world tells us it is. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can we be transformed into people that are free from the tendrils of materialism and greed. That's the freedom that no level of excess or minimalism can obtain for us. Josh referenced Matthew 6.33 in his episode on simplicity. 
which affirms that God knows and understands our needs even more deeply than we do. I'd like to rewind a bit further back in the chapter to verse 30 for the purpose of what we've meditated on today. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Living lives of simplicity disciplines us to seek after the kingdom of God, unencumbered by the distractions and cares of the world that so easily get in the way of him. This Lenten season, and perhaps even beyond it, let's commit to honoring God with our purchasing decisions as an act of worship, pursuing lives of simplicity and faith so that his justice, glory, and abundant mercies may be magnified. I'd like to leave you with an excerpt from a prayer that's found in Every Moment Holy, titled, A Liturgy Before Shopping. Be ever at work in our minds and hearts, O Lord, freeing us from a service to things by daily increasing our devotion to you. Liberate us now and always to live as ever wiser and more compassionate administrators of the trust and resources you have placed in our temporary keeping. May our purchases and our decisions not to purchase each be made in the same context of delighting in your blessings, of stewarding such gifts in the bright hope of one day hearing you pronounce over our lives that most coveted verdict. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Let the hope of that good end, O Lord, shape our vision and our choices as we shop. Amen.